Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you, as always, by Inside the Penguins. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, joined, as always, by Nick Horwat, and let us be among the first to wish you a very happy Memorial Day. We hope everybody enjoyed the long weekend, enjoying their Monday off, and also we salute everybody that lays out their lives to serve the country of the United States of America. So happy Memorial Day to everybody around the country and happy Monday because it's always a great Monday when nobody has to go to work. Well, most people don't have to go to work. I don't want to assume that that you're listening to this on your day off. I'm going to work today. Like it's, (laughs) I have to work on this Monday. So yeah, no, some, some people got to go to work. Some people got to pay the bills and, uh, but that, that is what it is. Uh, Yes, happy Memorial Day to everyone, and uh, let's let's roll along with the episode. We got a couple Penguin things to talk about. We do. Luckily for us, there are two very high-profile former Pittsburgh Penguins that are hitting the open market this offseason, so we figured we're going to probably discuss it a couple times. Let's just get out ahead of it, talk about it at the onset, and discuss these two Penguins legends, if you will. One for meme reasons, one for actual reasons, in my opinion. But you know we're talking about Marc-Andre Fleury and Phil Kessel. Both of them scheduled to become unrestricted free agents in the summertime. Horwat, the the main question that I'm going to ask you is, which would you rather see return to the city of Pittsburgh? Uh, I'm going to say Phil Kessel is the one I'd rather see return, and there's a couple of great reasons for it that I'm sure <clears throat> I'll get into. Uh, but mostly, I just think the flurry thing is uh, it's not time yet, man. He's still a starting caliber goalie, and sure, 1A, 1B works great, and we can get into the discussion later. Mm-hmm. That's just not what this team needs right now, and it's not the it's not what Tristan Jari needs with the momentum he's carrying as the starter at this moment. Yeah. That, that, that's that's fair, and I'm sure we'll get into the, the minutia of that. I would rather see Phil, or sorry, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury return, though. I, I, I would. I, I Of the two, I would. Not that any, there's anything wrong with Phil Kessel. And honestly, I may leave the door open for both of them by the end of this segment. I'll see how my discussion starts to permeate in my brain. But I would rather see Marc-Andre Fleury because you said he's still a starting caliber goaltender. I understand that, but... The end of the road is coming for Flurry a lot quicker than it's coming for Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. We're talking about those guys having three more years, and that's what they're looking at. Marc-Andre Flurry had thought about retirement after this season. So if he's coming back on a one-year deal, I would much rather see Marc-Andre Flurry, even if it's a 1A, 1B situation. I don't think there's any way in which he should be the starter over Tristan Jari next season. But if he comes in and is the 1B, I know fans are going to clamor for him to get more starts. But if Mike Sullivan is able to control that situation, then I'd much rather have Marc-Andre Fleury if I had to choose between the two. Fans absolutely would be clamoring for it first. Yeah. But I just feel that regardless of that situation, it's you because you look at the numbers he put up. Sure, let, let's take the playoffs out of it because playoff Fleury is still playoff Fleury. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get. That's a coin flip. Yeah. But post-trade to Minnesota, because you really also shouldn't take the Chicago stuff into the into these discussions just because he was in Chicago. There was a lot of things going on in Chicago, uh, not even just on the ice. There was just mm-hmm. utter nonsense happening that he shouldn't have been there in the first place. I think mm-hmm. when the trade happened, we said on this podcast, he has every right, uh, not even for the play on the ice, to say no to this trade. 
and but he was classy enough said i will go play in chicago and for what it's worth he may have been the highlight of their season yeah and then the trade to minnesota happened and then he went oh yes nine and two <laughs> yeah uh no mark andre Fleury is definitely still even at the age of 37 somehow still a starting caliber goalie and again i i get the 1a 1b situation is fun mm-hmm. for a short period of time and sure it paid off into two stanley cups with Marc-Andre Fleury being one of those guys but it was a different time because Marc-Andre Fleury was the starter Mm -hmm. definite starter but we had to pull up Matt Murray because of an injury to Marc-Andre Fleury Mm -hmm. Matt Murray became just continued his momentum that he had in the AHL and then just kind of usurped the role Mm -hmm. that was the 16 year and then in the 17 year we realized we can play both of them because one of them's still a rookie can still fall apart at any time yeah while it was a 1a 1b situation that's how it was in retrospect in the moment i feel like we were still looking at it as flurry's kind of the starter here maybe turning to the backup mm-hmm. but matt murray is still a young goalie who goaltending his voodoo could fall apart at any moment yeah it was just a little delayed so in retrospect, I think we look back at it as, yeah, it was definitely a 1A, 1B because they were both so highly skilled for a little while. Mm-hmm. But at the time, if you if looking back at it now, if we would have said Matt Murray fell apart, we ended up losing whenever, maybe not even making the playoffs in 17 because Matt Murray couldn't get it done. Uh, well, then we look at it as, yeah, Flurry sticks around. It's all revisionist history. Yeah. But yeah, essentially, essentially, 1A, 1B is, not, is what we had, mm-hmm. but we look back at it as that way. Whereas we have a definite number one now in Tristan Jari, who is gaining so much momentum as the starting goalie in this town. Yeah. I forget what his contract is at the moment, it's, but still has a couple years left in this town as the starting goalie. He has one season left. He's going into a contract year. And hey, hey, you got to give him his full reps then. You really I, I don't, mean, because at the end of the day, I listen, I like Tristan Jari. I'm saying he is the number one guy, even with Marc-Andre Fleury, but... If you need something to push him, look at the last two postseasons. What has killed the Penguins? Tristan Jari couldn't get it done last postseason. He was awful, abysmal, and there was nobody behind him. It was Maxime Legasse. They didn't have somebody else to go to. And then this season, Jari was injured. Casey DeSmith gets injured for the second straight postseason. And you're down to Louis Domingue. This is a league where unless you have an Andre Vasilevsky, a Jacob Markstrom type guy, you need two good goaltenders. I'm not going to bang on on Casey DeSmith and, and say that he's not good, but he has not been available. And as a backup or a 1B, the best ability is availability. And he hasn't been there when the time is most important for him the last two seasons. So you know what I say? Bring in Flurry, Make him be the 1B. Listen, Mike Sullivan should not care about the fans. And the fans can do whatever they want. If Flurry comes in to be the 1B at the age of 37 and wants one last season to end his career where it started and where he played the majority of a Hall of Fame career, I say you do it. For one, because it's a great PR move. For two, because he's extremely talented. And for three, because that is an area of need. Because the last two postseasons, this Pittsburgh Penguins team is a team that could have gone on a run, but hasn't because of injuries to goaltenders and lack of depth. I like what they have in the minors. I like Lindbergh. I like the guy they just signed from the WHL that I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I like uh, who else is over there. Blomqvist just came over. I like what they have in the minors. 
on the way up, but it's not going to be ready by next season. So if you need a one-year guy, a one-year bridge to that younger generation of goaltenders to come up behind Tristan Jari, there's nobody better, in my opinion, than Marc-Andre Fleury. I, here's what I'll say. Um, <laughs> when you say that, uh, <clears throat> who, who did we have as backup in the last few years in the playoffs? Uh, well, I still don't think I'd take Fleury in the, as a backup in the playoffs. We've seen his playoff performances over the years. You would, For what it's worth in his career, he's a 9-12 in the playoffs, by the way. Yeah, I'm telling you, it is a it is a coin flip. And you could get yeah. the bad side, the 2013 side. You could get what we saw in the first round this year by the Minnesota Wild. Or you could get 2017 first two rounds, Marc-Andre Fleury. You could get 2018, the entire playoffs with Vegas, Marc-Andre Fleury. And what I'm saying is, you would not take Fleury over Louis Domingue? So, absolutely, I would take Fleury over Louis Domingue. I would take Fleury back. There has to be multiple conditions to this, though. I would. It okay. just has to be literally the one-year deal. Yes. He has to accept being the full-time backup. Not 1A, 1B. No. The B. The two. When has that because, ever been an issue? Uh, I'd say, man, whenever... If you remember 2017, that whole... He didn't like being backup in 2017. But he There's did no it. no way he did. But he did it. Because he's a classy gentleman. Correct. I just, we talked, but it, the entire discussion all year was, hey, when are we trading Flurry? Because we may as well get a return for him. I mean, thankfully we didn't, but mm-hmm. still, there's no way. I mean, Alan Walsh, his agent, will probably never. I'd have to re-listen to that interview that he did with Flurry. Um, I don't think they were perfectly okay with him sitting back up, especially. I mean, that year he was 32. He was still in his goaltending prime and still able to be a top tier goalie, but he was getting sat down for Matt Murray. I'd have to find the numbers again on that season. Uh, 17. He played 38 games. He got injured. Which, That's the only reason Murray got the opportunity. Yeah. No, 17, 17, 16, 17. Whenever they were both 1A, 1B. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, okay, so Murray played 49 that year. Fleury played 38. Mike Condon played a game. And Tristan Jari also played a game. Mm-hmm. So there was, not, I mean, he was the backup that season. If Looking at the sheer numbers of it, they both had 10 losses but also flurry wasn't as good he yeah was 18 10 and 7 yeah but you know he still had that ability especially if you look at the next season where he carried the the, the brand new vegas golden knights and really carried he was injured too mm-hmm. to the stanley cup finals i don't know i just goaltending is such voodoo yeah i think it's hard to really say like i said he would have to be the one year again it would have to be a cheap deal by the way like, I'm talking. That's, yeah, that's the thing. You're not going to sign Marc-Andre Fleury for $5 million and be able to have an actual team on the ice. If Fleury's coming back, it has to be on a very, very team-friendly deal. And it has to be with the understanding, like you said, that it is his last season. And he's coming back to be able to finish where he started and go for a chance at another cup with the guys that he grew up around the game with. Crosby, right. Malkin, Latang. If they can bring all of those guys back for one last run, that's that's... I, I think Flurry, and here's the thing you're saying. Oh, he might have he was upset in 2017. Who's to say he wouldn't be upset now? The situations are so vastly different. Right. He is 37 years old now. He is mulling over retirement as we speak. He doesn't even know if he's coming back next season. It is coming back to play with those guys. It is a different situation, and it is with the understanding that when it happened in 2017, Flurry still felt that he had a lot left to give to this organization. 20. 
23, Flurry's already mulling retirement. He's probably just saying, I want to finish it where I started. He never wanted to leave Pittsburgh in the first place. We know that. But he went to Vegas. He said, all right, I like it here. Never wanted to leave Vegas again. Wanted to end his career in Vegas. They burned that bridge with him. And last year, he played out the rest of his contract like a good little goaltender. And now he has the option to do whatever he wants. Could have just called him a gentleman, man. That was weird. <laughs> good little goaltender. You're right. Was, you're right. But... I was, he was the good little boy. Sit in my corner. Do what I was signed on to do. And then I'll make my decision after the season. And that's what he's put himself in the position to do. And if the Penguins are the destination he wants to go, I'm sure he would work with Hextall to make it worth his while, especially with the understanding that they have moved on. The Penguins have moved on and don't need Fleury as their starter. But they certainly do need a good backup goaltender, especially if you look at the way that they've been dispatched in the last two postseasons. 520 career wins. How close is he to... He's not ca- He's not catching Broder or Roy. He's not. Not all time, Mars. Just hey, anyone else. Is he third and that's going to stay third? third? Cool. Yeah. Um, three hundred, almost 299 career losses. You can slip a third, uh, one more in there. Um, I I hate that you're talking me into it. Yes. Just because I do still feel adamantly that Kessel's the better option. I mean, the better option between the two. And I just, oh, I don't know, man. Just the way goaltending is. We know Flurry, despite being 38, still ha- going to be 38, still has that starting caliber in him somehow. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and imagine- there would have to be many conditions to it. Like you'd have to tell him, like if you're gonna be the backup here, you might play backup number games. Mm-hmm. Like how many did uh, De Smith and Domingue play this year in the regular season total? De Smith finished. I mean, Domingue played in one game. Uh, Casey De Smith finished 11, six and five, which is what. 22 games and he had to like finish off the season for us yes i mean i i'd tell flurry you're gonna play about 20 games no that was the issue with jari the issue with jari is they overused him early on if it wasn't for the injury they would have continued to overuse him and de smith would have had like 18 or or 17 starts if you're mark andre flurry you say hey you're going to get exactly 32 starts. The other 50 go to Jari. That is a split that keeps both guys healthy. That is a split that keeps both guys rested. And that is a split that keeps both guys happy because they both get a good amount of playing time. And I think it helps out the team as well. I do agree with you, though. There has to be certain things in place. Jari is still the starter and will continue to be the starter. And the other thing with Tristan Jari is he is heading into that contract season, as we mentioned. So the big question for Hextall is, Will this push Jari more to be better in net like we saw when it was Jari and Murray? Murray's ability to take that spot whenever pushed Tristan Jari to be much better in that first year that he was an all-star. Or will it mess with his psyche? I think Jari has the mental fortitude to take this on and still get better and better. But it is a question that you have to ask if you're Ron Hextall. I think it'll be perfectly fine. I would absolutely assume that just because it's a, just because it's a contract year, <clears throat> he would heighten his play a little and... Mm-hmm. Um, become a better goaltender because we i mean hell we saw it with Latang this year mm-hmm. these guys know when it's their contract year we, they know when they're about to make big money and Latang did it at the age of 30 35 that freak yeah um i don't know i just feel weird just because goaltending is so weird they're all mentally weird people um, yeah i think 
you know, I just I I'm okay with Flurry coming back and with all those conditions that I've laid out. Yeah. If uh, mm-hmm. things just have to match up correctly there, mm-hmm. um, otherwise, I mean, it, if he wants to be a starter somewhere, if he thinks he can still do that, it shouldn't be here then. That's it's I think not that's going to be then. that's my thought process. So it's whatever he wants, he should get. If he wants to still be a starter in the NHL, if he wants, if he thinks he could still play the 50, uh, 50 plus games, whatever it may be, then he shouldn't be coming here. That's on him then. If he comes here expecting to be the starter again, because he's not going to be. And I think that's yeah. the drawback. He's also, he also can probably still make a damn a lot, damn good amount of money. If Somebody he, would pay him if he wants it. Exactly. So if he, th- if he also thinks that if him and Alan Walsh still think <clears throat> that he can make a ton of money somewhere, he should absolutely go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a, I'm as big of a, I'm not as big of a Flurry fan as they come, but I'm a big Flurry fan in general, mm-hmm. and appreciate everything he's done for the Penguins over the years and just how much fun he's had with this team. Mm-hmm. But for the better of him, if if he wants something that we're not willing to offer him, he shouldn't. The Penguins and himself should not force this to happen. Yeah. I think that's kind of the point that I have not gotten to this entire time is, if Flurry thinks he could still be a starter. If he still wants to, if he still has that ability, he shouldn't mm-hmm. come here to do it. Because yeah. I don't want to see a one A one B here, especially with Jari to contract here, who might be able to do great things. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see Flurry just tank his value here. Sure, it's the, maybe the last year of his career, maybe the last one or two. But you're trying to close out a Hall of Fame career. Whenever the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame is weird with goalies, and there's he's third in wins all time, and there's legitimate discussion that he might not be a Hall of Famer. Like, that's yeah. so wild to me. He needs to close out a Hall of Fame career. Don't get me wrong. Again, he has said no to Washington. If he does play somewhere for a different team, it's not going to be in this division. It might not well, be in this he- conference. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up because the reason that I actually want to give this a little bit of oxygen, I actually want to talk about the p- possibility of Flurry coming back, is there have been rumors preliminarily, the one that I heard was from Elliot Freeman on 32 Thoughts, the podcast, that that is why... He refused to go back to Washington because he wanted to keep the door open to possibly come back to Pittsburgh. And he didn't want to do that after going to Washington. He didn't want to alienate the fans of the Pittsburgh Penguins before potentially trying to come back. So you know it's something that's on his mind. And if he's going into the last year of his career, he's an unrestricted free agent. It is the last year of Tristan Jari's contract. It just lines up very well. And the last thing I'll say about this Last year, he played preliminarily for a really bad Chicago Blackhawks team. Finished finished with 28 wins on the season combined. A 908 save percentage, 290 goals allowed average, and four shutouts. Playing for a team that bad and putting up those type of numbers at the age of 37 is impressive. He still has it, and you can't tell me that if it came across the screen right now, Penguins agree to terms with Marc-Andre Fleury on a one-year two million dollar deal you wouldn't be happy about it i would have to see details and just uh, i would uh, <laughs> have to see details it's a say, one-year deal whenever i say details i mean the mental details he has yeah. fully accepted the fact i need alan walsh when he's fully accepted the fact he's going to be the number two you I, need a psyche eval on alan walsh more than you need a psyche eval on mark andre Fleury, don't you both of them because i don't want to see yeah. that damn sword picture again yeah <laughs> especially with well, it being his home hometown if you will team yeah. So don't get me wrong. I would absolutely like to see him back. Yes, I think in the discussion that we were 
trying to have that we seem to have completely abandoned and can get back to in a moment. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of Phil Kessel over Marc-Andre Fleury because, again, if because I'll just say it one last time. If Fleury wants to still be a starter, he can go do that somewhere. If he wants to make one more mm-hmm. last payday, he can go do that somewhere. Neither of those things can happen here. That's the that's the important mm-hmm. point that I make. Whereas with Phil Kessel, hey, you know what? Let's say Malkin doesn't return. Suddenly, we have an open forward spot, and the guy you fight with quite often won't be around. Um, yeah. And that could get fun because... I mean, you called him a, a meme legend in this town. No, he put up his best career numbers here. He's a legitimate well, legend in this town. Yeah, but when you talk about legends in the Pittsburgh Penguins history, Kessel is a lot further down the list than Marc-Andre Fleury is. For sure. Like, Marc-Andre Fleury is the greatest goaltender in Pittsburgh Penguins history. Oh, for sure. Uh, I'm sure there's a couple people that will try to argue Barrasso. Still? But yeah, there's still a couple people that, that always say that Barrasso is still better, and I don't understand it, but... Nonetheless, let's talk a little bit about Phil Kessel because we talked for 20 minutes about Marc-Andre Fleury and the people that hate Fleury are probably already tuned out. So let's talk about Phil Kessel. Initially, the Penguins traded Kessel back in 2019 for Pierre-Olivier Joseph and Alex Galchenyak. POJ, we already talked about, might be making his full-time NHL debut like as a full-time roster player next season. We'll have extensive conversations about that. Kessel last season in 82 games played, as per usual, eight goals, but still 52 points. We, You said his best career seasons in Pittsburgh or were in Pittsburgh, and guess what he did in Pittsburgh? He went from being just a sniper to being a really good facilitator. He's continued that. 52 points in 82 games played is still a very good middle six guy, and he's already played with Malkin. That's my biggest question about Phil Kessel. I don't think there's any door for this to be open because he had a rift with Evgeny Malkin. He had a rumored rift with Mike Sullivan. He certainly doesn't play the way that Mike Sullivan likes his wingers to play. So I don't know if those issues will be fixed. But I do think that his skill alone would be okay to be back with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But all the other stuff next to it is what makes me think that Flurry is easily the winner of this debate of which one I would rather see. But I wouldn't mind leaving the door open for Phil Kessel to return at a good price because he is an unrestricted free agent. He's clearly not going to be an $8 million cap hit. So you're going to get him probably for a little cheaper because it feels like his value around the league is down. Because also, some people don't want to get him because of that Iron Man streak. Because they're like, if we want to bench you, we want to be able to bench you. And we might not be able to with this whole Iron Man streak thing going on because he is going to pass Keith Yandel next season if he plays in every single game. So I could see him returning because of how low his value is and how high his skill still is. But again, if it's between the two, I take Flurry. I don't hate Kessel, but I just think he's less likely. So do you know how many games behind Keith Yandel he is? I do not know. I, I tried to find it this morning and I, I started doing other stuff and I missed it. I don't think it's far. First of all, I think it's like 20 games or like oh, 18 games or something. something. We can. Yeah. One thing I did not realize that he only scored eight goals this year. I'm so used to Phil Kessel being a goal scorer. Seeing eight is baffling. Well, remember, he also played on the Coyotes. That's what I was getting at. He was still third on the team in scoring. Oh, and goal scoring points. Okay. Goal scoring eighth. Yeah. Behind Clayton Keller, who led the team in points with 63. My God, this team was bad. Nick yeah. Schmoltz was second with 59. And then there's Missed. Phil Kessel with 52 points. 44 mm-hmm. assists. We turned him into a a, a playmaker. That that led, the, that led the Coyotes in assists. 
Um, sure, eight goals is not ideal. No, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's good either. I didn't realize that. But I'm still all about bringing uh, Phil Kessel back, especially if Malkin's not here. Especially mm-hmm. if Malkin's not here. Because that, I think, yeah, okay, yeah, a rift with a coach, you can get past that, especially when you realize if Malkin's gone, this is going to be a whole new team next year. Yeah, it's going to look completely different. So I think Sullivan will have to change his system a little bit. Maybe tend, well, to, tend to Kessel a little bit because we're losing Gino. The system's going to have to change a little bit. Because, mm-hmm. or more or less, it'll be a brand new, not brand new, but it'll be a lot of new guys on this roster. Mm-hmm. Maybe Sullivan will see a bunch of new guys try out a new system and it'll tend to Kessel a little more in this. Mm-hmm. Now the Iron Man streak, the thing about the Iron Man streak with Kessel and Yandel is Yandel didn't deserve it. He didn't sure. deserve it in the first place. He's, he wasn't an NHL caliber player going into this last season. Remember when the Florida Panthers had to literally st- have a strike basically to let Keith Yandel play because uh, he's not an NHL caliber player. I have ranted and raved about this on this podcast already. I don't want to yeah. do it again. The difference yeah. here is that Phil Kessel is deserving of it. Mm-hmm. He's good enough to do all that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be an issue if it's only 20 games. I think he'll still be good in 20 games. I think he'll still yeah. be NHL caliber to lace up for 20 straight games. I mean, the Coyotes did one good thing this year, and that was let Phil Kessel play a shift before sending him on a chartered flight to go uh, be with his wife yeah, for the birth of their first kid. Hell yes, that was the only good thing they'd done this year. Mm-hmm. Rant raving about that all year, too. Um, I think bringing Kessel in, because I'm fully on the Kessel ride if Malkin is gone, if Latang is gone, yeah. because we'll have a, we already have a lot of cap space. I think mm-hmm. Kessel won't cost as much as he did I mean, we didn't pay him a bunch. No, we didn't pay him $8 million, but that's what his cap hit was. Right, but he won't cost $8 million. No, and but he will be the more expensive option between the two guys we've talked about. Absolutely. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and it's well-deserving, too. I mean, in reality, when you really get down to the nuts and bolts of it, I kind of don't want either of them. <laughs> but there, There's part of me that doesn't want to reopen that door because you look back at what the Chicago Blackhawks had done since 2015 and continuously bringing back... Andrew Shaw, Patrick Sharp, Brandon Saad, all these guys just returning, and it didn't do anything but prolong how long there it would take them to actually start the rebuild. Right. But I think, and much like the Flurry situation, if you can get Phil Kessel to come back, um, I mean, he's still a second-line player. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can get him to come back for cheap and you can get more than eight goals out of him, it would already be a success. Just because, yeah. well... Okay, if he gets nine, that's not a success. But you get what I'm saying. If we can get old Phil yeah. Kessel back, um, it would be a success. Plus, having him beat out Yandel in that Iron Man streak in quick form, uh, this could be a ton of fun, I think. Just the return of Phil Kessel. I can break out my Phil Kessel jersey again and not feel yeah. weird about wearing it. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I look at the I look at the Arizona Coyotes uh, record and just, oh, I cringe. How yeah. is this team not last in the league like yeah they were that bad and they didn't get the first overall pick but that's fine they want the first overall pick next year for Connor Bedard yeah which fair I would too I I mean listen Shane Wright's gonna be great and I understand that but Connor Bedard is probably gonna be a little bit next level other than that but uh, enough of the Coyotes talk when I look at at Kessel he's gonna be 35 heading into the next season 
I would obviously do one or two year deal. I wouldn't want to sign them for longer than that. Less than five million. Yeah. Less yeah. than less than Brian Rust. You cannot just immediate. You cannot sign Phil Castle for more than you just signed Brian Rust, especially considering Rust took that deal as a team friendly thing to help create space. I understand space for potentially a guy like Kessel, but preliminarily it was it was for Malkin and for Latang. So I, I don't know. Here's my thing, and I'm gonna write an article about this, so I'm not gonna talk about it too much. If they do not bring back one of Malkin or Latang. They should go big game hunting for a specific winger. They should go big game hunting for a winger to begin with because there's not as many centers on the free agent market. There's a lot of wingers. But there is a specific one I have in mind that I will write an article about. I'm just not going to say it right now. Uh, I will because I'm writing the same article but adding more people into it. Is one of his names Johnny Goudreau? No. Oh, okay. I won't. No, I won't. I was, I'm going to ask you about it after because I don't want to. I don't want to cross with your your. I, will not I know you off, have one. In, yeah, I will in not list off the rest of my names, but uh, yes. There's a teaser. Yes. Horwatz includes Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> yes, mine can also be a center, but we can discuss things later. Um, yes. Yeah, I think just with Phil Kessel, I like the idea of him returning just because getting the band back together is always fun. We, we mm-hmm. don't, And I feel like we would be better than Chicago at it just because the guys they brought back weren't... They brought back a fourth liner at Andrew Shaw. Yeah, and Brandon Saad, who, don't get me wrong, okay, not bad, but uh, that that's the one you brought back? I don't know. It just didn't yeah. seem like the right choice. Whereas Phil Kessel, I mean, damn, he should have won the Conn Smythe in 16. Yeah. So, I don't know. Getting the band back together, but you're bringing back your Conn Smythe winner. There should have been Conn Smythe winner. Hey, that's a little different than fourth liner Andrew Shaw. What? No, that's Pat- just your Pat- locker room Patrick glue. Patrick Sharp on his farewell tour. Yeah, that's just your locker room glue. Way to go. Yeah. Um, I think we'd be able to do it better. But, again, the thing is... For me, for me to really want Phil Castle to come back, Malkin's got to be out the door too because we just have a forward spot to fill. And I think it would be a little more attractive for Phil Castle to come back as well. Yeah. Really doesn't help that Rick Tockett's not a great head coach. Ye- well, yeah, he, that didn't help there as well. But nonetheless, uh, let's move on from this discussion because we've talked for a half an hour on Phil Castle and Mark Andre Fleury, and neither of them could be Penguins yeah, at the end yeah. of the summer. So uh, let's talk a little bit about two guys that were Penguins last season, could be Penguins coming up next season. Really quickly, let's bounce around DeSmith and Louis Domingue. Should they be re-signed is the question. Both of them are at the age of 30. Let's start with Casey DeSmith. We're going to do our three M's, by the way, on Thursday's episode. But both of us had either move on or maybe sign. We're very wishy-washy about these two backup goalies. So we're going to talk about it right now. Casey DeSmith, should he be re-signed as a backup? No. I'm no. just what what were you saying about availability in the playoffs? What's the best ability availability? Two years yep. in a row he wasn't. Yeah, no. Uh, and not even that, but just tack on the fact that in the NHL, backup goalies don't last very long. They they they're they're the journeymen, right? That's what Louis Domingue was until he got here. He's the journeyman. He, they they bounce around teams. Look at Brent Johnson. Look at I don't know, other backups. They bounce around everywhere. Mm-hmm. It Why is one still here when Casey DeSmith? Nothing against the guy. He's played fine. But mm-hmm. it's just time to move on and find some fresh blood in the backup field. And if you're thinking Marc-Andre Fleury, all right. You know, it's... Casey DeSmith, I think, has just run his course here. He's always injured in the worst times. And it's just the end of the road. 
Not even, okay, don't I even mean, need to dig into numbers or ability of play. Okay, well, I mean, he's been the backup for three seasons for the Pittsburgh Penguins. The one drawback that I have is if that name is not Marc-Andre Fleury, then who is it? Because the last time the Penguins had to go outside the organization to bring in a backup goaltender, it ended up being Antiniemi, and that was just a train wreck. So, yes, I would agree to move on from Casey to Smith. I would agree that you need some fresh blood back there, especially to close the gap between where Jari and DeSmith are and where Lindbergh, Blomqvist, again, can't remember the guy's name from uh, from the WHL, but those three guys are are really good. And they could have the potential to be very good backup to potential starting caliber goaltenders. If DeSmith comes back for one more year at that same cap hit, I wouldn't hate it, but he has to stay healthy. That's the biggest thing. You cannot get hurt in the biggest moments. He's coming off of now what was an MCL injury. So you cannot, or a core muscle yeah. surgery is what it was. So you cannot get injured in the worst moments. I know that's not his fault. But it's a sport in which you have to be healthy. You have to be available when you're called upon, especially as a backup goaltender. He was making $1.25 million. I'm fine if he goes back and makes that same amount. He was okay at the end of the season. He picked it up severely because at the beginning of the season, if that's what he's going to bring, then get him out of here. But at the end of the season, he picked it up. He finished 11-6-5, 9-14 save percentage, 2.79 goals allowed average. He saved it is what he did. Because if he would have continued to play like he did at the beginning of the season, he would have been on his way out of here before the trade deadline. They would have said, you know what? Sit there, be quiet, and you'll be gone. But he picked it up. I believe that if he was healthy, the Penguins would have beaten the Rangers. If he if he would not have gotten injured in game one, the Penguins, I think, would have beaten the Rangers. But again, revisionist history because he did get hurt. But... I don't know. I would like to change the I would like to change backups. I would like to move on from Casey to Smith. But the alternative is what scares me. Who is gonna come in? Because if it's Louis Deming, no. No, Louis Deming is not a number two. He's a number three. <clears throat> so that that's where I stand on Casey DeSmith. If if the if the person coming in after him is not named Marc Andre Fleury or somebody that's closer to a one B than Casey DeSmith, then why would you be switching in the first place? So you don't think <clears throat> Louis Domingue's play would have been elevated just by getting a little more playing time in the NHL than one game. No, I don't, I don't trust Louis Domingue as a backup. Interesting. Because I, I feel don't. like that was one of the things that uh, I was told, that if Louis Domingue had played a little more NHL time and was caught up to NHL speed, <clears throat> it's not to say he would have been better or worse than Casey DeSmith, but there may have been improvements in certain areas because... That, I mean, let's be honest, if I look at game uh, five, five specifically, it's five. Am I thinking of the right game? No. Game five's the road game. You're thinking of game six, I think. Yes. We're thinking of game six where there were just softies. NHL speed. Let's say you're playing backup all season. You're a little more up to NHL speed. You're up a little bit more on uh, the game and the speed of the game. Maybe you make a couple of saves here and there. Maybe you do close out the series in six. Hell, Let's say he. Let's say we traded away to Smith, and like I wanted to do, then trade away to Smith, pull up to Ming as the backup, who then catches some NHL playing time, has to close out the season instead of to Smith. You know, maybe who knows where that? <clears throat> excuse me. Who's who knows where that playoff series goes? Because he's caught Same up to place. game speed, because he had been catching NHL shots most of the season, or for the back half of the season. Maybe it goes to the same place, sure. Because that was the other point uh, contention, too, was 
DeSmith is at the, at at a certain level. Well, mm-hmm. Deming, even with the AHL, still at about that same level. I don't know. I just feel that I'm not saying Deming needs to come back either. I'm just saying that there are points where maybe Deming could have been given a better opportunity going into that series. But I think uh, as for a new backup, man, I gotta find who's going to be available for one. But also just yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's just time for for completely fresh blood in that uh, goaltending room, aside from, obviously, Jari. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think here's the th- Domingue would have been better off had he been in the NHL a little bit longer. Here's the thing, and I, I, I don't mean to offend you, but I think that is complete and total horse crap. Because guess what? He was fine early on in the season. He was shaky, but he was fine. The fact that he self-destructed at the end of Game 5. He, he was he was also perfectly fine for the first half of Game 5. He self-destructed at the end of Game 5. He was a below-replacement-level goaltender in Game 6. And then he was replaced in Game 7 by Tristan Jari. If he would have started off the way that he finished, I would have agreed with you. I would have said, you know what? It was a tough decision. He's a backup. That is his job, though. But it is a t- it's a tough, tough situation. But the fact that he was okay, and then he went to being... I would have rather seen an emergency backup goaltender because that's how he was playing. Those were the goals he was allowing in. E-bug goals. Yes. Goals from the point that hit off of him, went straight up, and rolled right behind oh, him. Yeah, they were awful goals. If he would have got more playing time in the NHL, that doesn't change the fact that he was fine at the beginning of that series. He was perfectly fine in triple overtime, whatever it was, in game one. He was perfectly fine in game two. In game three. In game four. And then he self-destructed. And then he became below replacement level. So I don't think that that argument has any weight to me because I think that he just became back to what he was because he played above his head for the first couple of games and then he regressed back to what he can do. Nothing wrong with that. Like I said, he's a fine third string goaltender, but don't try to argue that he would have been better if he would have played more in the regular season because he started out perfectly fine and then as time went on, he regressed back to what he actually is, which is a third stringer, somebody who should not be in a playoff series against a team worth any weight at all. Started out perfectly fine. He gave up five goals in his first game, four in his second, two in his third. There's the improvement. Five, five. He averaged Here, giving up like five goals a game. I mean, I'm looking at the quality of goals. Yeah. Game f- <clears throat> the end of game five. That comeback, whatever the Penguins were up to to nothing, that come, those three goals in the last half of the second period, and then all the goals in game five, I could have scored shooting with my feet. Ah, right, kicking goals. No goal. Uh, shooting with my feet. Taking the stick in between my feet. Shooting. That's how bad it was. And there were people still saying that he should start over Tristan Jari. Disgusting. That was bad. That was bad. Horrendous. Did not agree with that at all. That was terrible. Those were terrible takes. I mean, yes. look at the numbers. Domingue with a... Sure, he picked up three wins somehow. Uh, he had an 8.98 save percentage, and uh, what was the goals against? It had to be high as 3.65. Yeah. He gave up like five goals a game. It's yeah. not ideal. I'm not saying either of them should be back. I'm just saying one of them may, if let's say they went with, again, I'm just talking revisionist history here. Let's say yeah. we had gotten rid of DeSmith at the deadline and brought Deming up maybe he's just caught up to game speed sure that last goal in game six was oh god it still haunts me watching it just float up in the air like that yep but I don't know I, I don't know and 
Someone popped the video on Twitter of him doing it in New Jersey. Thanks. Didn't need that in my life. That this is just a consistent thing. But, hey, you know what? Regardless, we need new backup. Okay. Well, in my opinion, Domingue is not the backup. No, I'm not saying he DeSmith is may be an option if there's nothing better. But uh, that's the problem. You want me to read down some names? Uh, yeah, just let, just really quickly, and then we'll finish this off with our pens poll. All right, I'll just uh, just tell me when to stop because we ha- we have already we're our, we are already aware of Mark Andre Fleury. Then there's Miko Koskinen, yes. Darcy Kemper. No. Those guys aren't happening. Thomas no. Grice, no thanks. Martin Jones, no thanks. Braden Holpe's been interesting and has been around discussions. Jack Campbell, no thanks. Paul Locke, no thanks. There's DeSmith. Dave Riddich, there. I'll stop it there because that's ten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there are certain names out there, like Yaro Halak that I would think of over to Smith. But again, not very many that I'm willing to pay because a lot of those, Holtby, chief among them, is going to cost a little bit more than you already paid Casey to Smith. Right. And like I said, this is a discussion we could have another time where I rolled down more of this list. But uh, yeah, those were just the top 10 on this, uh, on Cat Friendly based on last year's Previous salary. Previous cap hits. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's that's uh, 41 minutes of a goaltending conversation with a little bit of Phil Kessel sprinkled in there. But we're going to finish off this week's episode, or this Monday episode, I should say, with our weekly Pens poll. We've talked about the Brian Russ contract ad nauseum at this point. This is probably going to be the last actual segment that we devote to it because it's been three straight episodes. But the question last week, because it was fresh on everybody's mind, what worries you most about Brian Russ's new contract? Seems like everybody loves it because 71% of voters said that there is nothing wrong with this contract. It is great. 24% said, yeah, the term bothers me a little bit. And only 5% said the price. So clearly, everybody likes the price we got Rust for. A couple of people are like, yeah, that's a little long for a 30-year-old. But the majority of people are like, yeah, this is, this is a great deal. Which kind of sums up what we've thought the entire way through that hey six years is a little long three years of no move clause is something but again it's, the front it's easy three. to pass off in the back yeah it's the front three years it's and you put that up before we knew about that right right yep yeah. that was up on monday we learned about that on wednesday yeah so you, you, you could that could have been a fourth option that would have gotten no votes because it was the front three not the back three yep. tell you what there, there really is nothing wrong with this contract if i had to pick a negative it would be the length but again yeah. the no trade clause is in the front easy yeah. out all right i i enjoy the deal greatly yeah so do i and i think a lot of penguins twitter as we just saw that result also enjoys it but that's gonna do it for this episode of the tip of the iceberg we hope everybody goes out and enjoys the rest of their memorial day safely and has a lot of fun and obviously back to work tomorrow but uh nonetheless we'll be here with a new episode on thursday thank you guys so much for listening have a great week Pens fans you can follow the hosts on Twitter at Nick Horwat 41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You could also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. Listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts from or watch us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins. This show is brought to you by SI Fan Nation and InsideThePenguins.com.